This is Jonna Otto, and we are Modern Homemakers. And I have a little laughter in my voice because I love all of you so much, and I'm so grateful to have opportunities to be with you and talk about these things that are near and dear to my heart. I hope they are near and dear to your heart. Thank you for your notes. We're always happy to receive your emails, changes in your life and things we need to pray for. Um, These conversations we start in on subjects like listening and loving and learning from one another. Women of the Bible, which we're going to do a few more of the women of the Bible, who have some uh, joined together attributes that help us see women who lived in very difficult circumstances. We talked about Mary a few days ago, and, and when I'm called to acknowledge what her difficult circumstances were, I'm, I'm, my, my, my jaw drops down, literally, in awe of what she lived through and what kind of woman she was. And we have her story and her account, as well as many women in the scripture, their stories and their accounts. Well, today I want to talk because I want to do something I've never done before, and that is I'd like to um, use a woman in my life who has been a profound example of the subject for today, and that is humility. If you say you're humble, you're not. (laughs) I remember as a young woman saying something to one of my seniors, one of the people who was helping me understand what life with Christ was about. And I said, so I'm trying to be humble. And and, and she laughed. And I thought, well, why, why is that funny? And she said something to the effect of, if you think you're humble, you're not. Because that would mean you were thinking such good things about yourself. And to be humble is not to think good things about yourself. It's to think about others, good things about others. So this woman, precious friend, a woman I've known for over 40 years and have had to have the privilege of being intimate in her life. She has three daughters. Well, actually... Two daughters, biological, and one daughter-in-law, but all three of them say the same thing about each other, that she has three daughters. Don't you love that? Don't you love having two biological daughters who have accepted her son's wife like a biological daughter? Now, that that says a lot to begin with. But I I called them each one because this precious woman, a friend of mine, is about to celebrate a rather large birthday. And in that birthday, she jumps from one decade to another decade. And it might be the last decade of her life. We don't know that. But as we age in the 70s and 80s and 90s, we know that most of life has already been lived. So her first daughter said, and when I asked, tell me something 
one sentence or two about your mother. And she said, I love how she always thinks the best about people. She thinks and speaks positively and gratefully. Her second daughter said, my mother is a generous, compassionate person full of love for serving others. Ouch, I thought to myself. A girlfriend of mine and I used to sing to each other on the telephone with regularity an old praise him that that said, um, help me, Lord, help me, Lord, to serve someone else. We had to beg God through song and prayer that we might be willing to serve someone. And here's my friend's daughter saying that she is a generous, compassionate person, full of love for serving. And the third daughter said, she called her by name, which I'm not going to say at this point, has been a blessing to me with her example of finding the joy in serving others. Finding the joy in serving others. A gentle spirit. I want to draw your attention to not only these words spoken about a real-life woman in my world, but words found in God's Word about the relationship that Paul had with Timothy. First and Second Timothy in the New Testament. Humility in action, it has been said about Timothy. There are many places in the scripture, Acts chapter 16, Philippians chapter 2, and then these two small letters to First and Second Timothy. That we might all have had a partner in faith like Paul had in Timothy. They met during Paul's second missionary journey. They worked together for over 17 years. It's hard to imagine what Paul's life, his work, his books would look like without Timothy. Although Timothy was young and probably fairly new to his faith, he possessed a spiritual maturity that was beyond the physicality of his years. He had been raised, the scripture tells us, by Paul, by a very devoted, devout Jewish mother and grandmother, the double duo, not just the mom, but the grandmom. And Timothy likely had a strong commitment to God, as well as quite a strong understanding of the scripture before he meets Christ. But after he becomes a Christian, his community his group together, soon realized that he had potential. And Paul took him on as a companion. He became his spiritual father. And Timothy was the young man that Paul was the spiritual father to. Paul refers often to Timothy as my child or my loyal one or my beloved one or my co-worker. And he had these very good reasons for caring so deeply for Timothy. Timothy and Paul had traveled nearly every city on the journeys that Paul has taken. And your Bibles probably have in the back of the Bible, Paul's journeys and the miles they traveled together. 
Timothy was with Paul at the writing of six of the letters that Paul wrote, and there were few more loyal in the world to supporting and assisting Paul's work. And it couldn't have been easy for Paul, making, in my opinion, that it couldn't have been easy for Timothy. And Timothy was not the first guy, you know, he was the second guy. He was the helper. He was the server. He was the get my coffee in the morning kind of guy. Paul wrote to the Philippians, quote, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon so that I may be cheered by news of you. I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. All of them are seeking their own interest, not those of Christ. But Timothy's worth, you know, how like a son with a father, he has served me in the work of the gospel. Paul writes this in the book of Philippians in chapter 2. And we find at the core of Paul's love for Timothy here in these words, although many had joined Paul in his ministry, and at some point in Timothy, he describes to Timothy, others have come and gone and left me, but you alone are here. And he describes the three or four things that made Timothy so important to him. Timothy demonstrated again and again that he truly did love those he served. You got that? He truly did love those he served. This woman that I'm dedicating this broadcast to today, which I've never done before, it feels kind of fun to do, is a woman who loves well and loves deep. And and so it's not surprising to me that her three daughters and of course, I would add my voice, have seen her serve in a capacity, really, that I've never seen anyone serve in the same capacity. I'll tell you in the middle here a story of this woman, uh, which is not so long ago. I'm sorry she called and said, I, I don't think that I can make it. And I said, oh, what seems to be the problem? Well, she said, my husband and I have encountered, and then she gave, and I remember hearing her as she said it, and I thought, this is familiar to me. This is my friend and her husband, my friend and her husband together, but my friend willing to step out of their life and step into the life of someone in need. And this life needed their full-time attention. He needed to be cared for. He couldn't be left alone. He needed his place to be swept clean and the refrigerator to be filled and people to be contacted. And she said, we think it may take four or five days. She was so sorry she could not join. That's what Paul spoke of with Timothy. He demonstrated again and again that he truly loved those he served. And I've been thinking about this thing, humility. And as I said earlier, you know, I, I was trying to be humble until I discovered that trying to be humble doesn't make you humble. And what really makes you humble, if you can ever get there, is a capacity to love. And I don't know about you, but the Lord puts in my path often very unlovable people. Does that happen to you? Just be it? Or maybe it, they're not that unlovable. Maybe I just 
can't see them with his eyes. But when I can finally see them with his eyes and I commit myself to that love, not to being humble and doing something, I find myself able to, as my friend was called, find some compassion. Paul speaks so clearly that Timothy was the only one who had not deserted him, had remained with him. I think that's found in in, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1. Well, there are three things I want to just consider here that Timothy had. First, he had a humble spirit. He was humble that he often appeared reserved and timid. Um, He was prompted and encouraged by Paul to be more bold. Uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6 and 7, he says, I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is within you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. And I remember thinking, was he calling Timothy coward? No, he wasn't. He was making sure that Timothy was free to use the gifts that he had. Spirit-empowered leadership never loses its humility. Paul seemed to remind Timothy of this. That was the first thing he did. The second thing he did was his attitude. The desire for an intimate relationship with Christ was Timothy's attitude. He wanted to get closer and closer and closer to Jesus. He had been transformed through the coming of Jesus into his life. And we talk a lot about transformation. I meet with women one-on-one through the practice of spiritual direction and mentoring and discipleship. And I'm always talking about transformation, being transformed from one image to another, as we are when we meet the Savior face-to-face. Timothy was transformed, and his meeting with Christ made him new. He formed a new mind, and he had a new heart, and he no longer cared for the things that had been his former interest. Now he cared for the things that were the interest of God. William Temple, who was a leader in modern Protestantism, wrote these words, the only way to deliver me from self-centeredness is by winning my entire heart's devotion the total allegiance of my will to God. And this can only be done by the divine love of God disclosed by Christ in his life and death. The divine love of God disclosed to us by his very life and death. And I think of this woman who I have heard her through decades of relationship talk about this spark of love that she has, this spark of love that God keeps, I don't know, it feels like she's a firecracker. And in, and for those of you who, who may know her name when I say it, she's not a firecracker, like the kind of firecracker you and I think. She's not loud or bold or dresses to be noticed. If anything, you have a hard time finding her. I love that about her. Richard Foster writes about humility and he says, to believe that we can learn from our brothers and sisters 
than the understanding that some have gone further into the divine center than others. Then we can see the necessity of spiritual direction as a way of life. And someone who I do not know, his name is Virgil Voigt, he said this powerful thing, if you cannot listen to your brother, you cannot listen to the Holy Spirit. Oh, my dear listeners, this attitude of Timothy's, this third attitude that allowed him to seek guidance from others. I'm sorry, maybe this is the one that I have the hardest time with. This is the one that I think, what do they know? And look at how they do it. That isn't how I want to do it. And yet time after time after time after time, God reminds me. He knocks on my heart. And I try to listen when he knocks. And he reminds me that he chooses to, his choice, not my choice, who will show me, who will direct me, who will teach me. They're not firecrackers. Sometimes. Often they're not the most prestigious, powerful book writer or public speaker or pastor or leader. Sometimes they're the quietest, most often, the shyest, the quietest, the most demure, the most kindly, the most compassionate. To use the words of the daughters of my friend, the most grateful, the most generous, the most compassionate, a full love for serving others, a full love and joy for serving others. Oh, I don't have to sing, make me a servant, Lord, anymore, but I don't serve as humbly as this dear precious sister who I am delighted to be engaged in life with. So humility, I bring you the subject of humility, humility in action, as Paul saw Timothy. And I remind you that God calls us to be humble, for he is great and he is strong. It is not in us, not in us ourselves, not in the things we can do ourselves, but only what God can do in us. And those are the things that when we stand before the Lord, he will remind us of. So today, on this day of talking about humility and seeing it through the eyes of Paul and his beloved disciple Timothy, I want to say happy 80th birthday to my friend. Bless you, dear friend. And for those of you who are listening, remember the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon day of finding humility in your life through Christ.